Riviera Radio Business News. Morning, Henk. Good morning. You never write, you never call, you never come back to me. I've been waiting at my desk. Markets have been in turmoil. Where have you been? Oh, no, I did manage to go away just for two weeks, but we missed each other, didn't you? Because you you dashed off before me. Where did you go? I did. I was in California, which was nice-ish. Well, actually, it was very nice. Listen, we took the kids to Disneyland, which was actually far more pleasant experience than I was sort of dreading, quite frankly. Then we were in Arizona. Then we spent a little bit of time down in Lago de Como, the Villa Deste. So I've had a nice summer, but I've been monitoring markets. I've been battling on in your absence since then, it has to be said. <laughs> Keeping your eye on the ball. And uh, So come on, what was your favourite ride at Disneyland just before we start the, the markets? Uh, I tell you what, I like seeing the characters best of all, to be honest. Henry had a lovely walk down Main Street with uh, with Mickey Mouse holding hands, which was really lovely. I, I'm a big Winnie the Pooh fan, so it was nice to see him. In terms of the rides, I like... Uh, the best one is a ride called Soaring, which is absolutely amazing. And it fly around the world and it takes you on a journey. You should look at it on YouTube. It's well, an incredible experience, to be honest with you. We got completely soaked at Splash Mountain, which was nice. Um, so all of those things was was really wonderful. The fireworks is as good as you expect in Disneyland. It was spotlessly clean. It's well organised. There's not actually that much queuing if you're if you're uh, organised and you get these speedy passes and the rest of it. So I absolutely loved it. And I, I got a feeling that the California one is somewhat better than Florida. Quite frankly, I think that would be a bit much for me to take on. <laughs> well, well done. You survived. Okay, Hank. So the markets. A blunt message from the Federal Reserve. Yeah, equity markets have been selling off pretty aggressively over the course of the past couple of trading sessions. Hopes that Fed Chair would use the Jackson Hole Policy Symposium to offer a soothing message to investors being concerned about surging inflation, tightening financial conditions, deteriorating growth were dashed as a hawkish Jerome Powell pledge that the Fed will keep at the task of lowering inflation until the job is done, despite acknowledging the resulting steeper policy path will cause pain for households and businesses, including, he said, a period of below-trend growth and softer labour market conditions. The rationale for the restrictive policy stance was predicated upon the importance of the Fed's commitment to deliver low stable inflation over time, regardless of the source, the need to avoid a self-reinforcing inflation spiral with higher inflation expectations becoming ingrained in the public's consciousness. In terms of the policy impact, well, not even a glimmer of a Fed pivot. So we look towards the next Fed meeting, which is on the 20th of September, the decision for another 75 basis point hike or a step down to 50 basis points, we think continues to be data dependent. Key data points will be the inflation prints and the labour market report. Given our expectation that momentum in labour markets will gradually soften, price pressures will slowly ease back. Still suggest us we're looking at a half of 1% increase in September followed by 25 basis point increments in November and December. But equity markets added to Friday's losses yesterday. Stock 600 was off 8 tenths of 1%. S&P was down 7 tenths of 1%. Opening calls on the European bourses. Perhaps a bit of consolidation in today's trading session. FTSE, which of course was closed for the bank holiday yesterday, set to open down around about 9 points. But we are looking at a positive start in the rest of Europe. In Germany, for example, calling the DAX up 73 points. And higher interest rates are pushing up the dollar? 
Yeah, the prospects for higher interest rates pushed the US dollar to its highest level against a basket of currencies in 20 years yesterday. Dollar index traded at a two-decade high of 109.45. It's up 14% year to date. The euro has been trading as we know below parity, but has been making up a little bit of that lost ground. That's on speculation. The European Central Bank could deliver an aggressive rate hike at next week's meeting. Meanwhile, sterling fell to a two-and-a-half-year low yesterday of 116.5 against the dollar. In terms of the outlook for FX markets, near term, of course, continue to be driven, I think, by risk aversion, growth projections, interest rate predictions, and investment flows, all of which you could argue is positive for the US dollar. However, in the medium term, we would expect some mild dollar depreciation. The dollar is certainly looking overvalued. Markets, you can argue, fully priced in the rate hiking cycle. The dollar should, remember, historically increases going into a rate hiking cycle, then eases back. So could see the dollar ease back as risk appetite stabilizes and the US economic outperformance starts to narrow. Of course, the timing of that still remains very difficult to call. And chip shortages are coming to an end. Yes, this is of the global semiconductor uh, style, not, not those made <laughs> from potatoes. Was, yeah, I thought it was McCain. The global semiconductor shortage <laughs> that has blighted the auto industry for almost two years is showing signs of easing. That's calling to reports from the likes of Mercedes and BMW. Two auto giants say they are now getting enough chips to produce at full capacity after experiencing outages for many quarters, which has been holding back production despite booming demand in the aftermath of the pandemic. In terms of the outlook, well, as chip supply increases, the question now, of course, is as they work through the backlog, is how strong will consumer demand be given the backdrop of higher inflation and rising interest rates? should also recognise that some of the improvement in chip availability has been driven by weakening demand for consumer electronics. So it's never perfect for companies, is it? They're either struggling with supply or demand starts to ease off. They never get both of those at full power, it would seem, at the same time. But hopefully some good news around some of those supply constraints. And the foreign exchanges, please, Hank. Pound against the dollar, just coming back up to 117 this morning. Euro dollar holding parity. Going to get one euro, 17 cents for your British pound this morning. And where are you today? Are you in the office today? Is it sunny? Yeah, in London staying. Beautiful Canary Wharf, which is all lovely, it has to be said. I spent the bank holiday weekend in Switzerland, did a bit of walking up in the mountains there, so got some fresh air. Now back to take on the, the markets and uh, to settle down after what's been a long summer, it feels like. I got some, I brought, I invested in some walking sticks <laughs> during my holiday. You You've got sticks. to do the sticks. Is really, I'm a big fan of sticks. Yeah, I would. I, I like to find a stick. To be honest with you, I like to find a, <laughs> one and use it. I've had one for about three years up in Switzerland. It's still going strong, but it's really good for you, particularly actually when you're coming down because it takes a bit of the pressure off your knees. You know, you know when you're getting old when you've got to use sticks <laughs> exactly. to take pressure off your knees. But it is a nice way to walk actually. So I'm with you if you're going to go out and walk properly. Get yourself some sticks. You have sticks. to have your sticks. Hank Potts from Barclays, thank you very much. Have a great day and speak to you tomorrow at the same time. Speak tomorrow. Bye. Barclays Private Bank has been in Monaco for 100 years. Since we opened our doors here in 1922, we have enabled our clients to invest in tomorrow and to influence it, drawing on experience, insights and ideas to help them create the world they want to make possible. And we're only just getting started. 100 years in Monaco, 100 years young.